Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode and today we are joined by another returning guest. This gentleman has been defying the odds for many a time but if anyone could do it, it's certainly him. He's just come off the back of 5-0 at Manchester and he did it with elves, something that people thought was an impossible task. Obviously many people have heard our episode with Ben Jones last week all about how difficult it was going to be to try to perform well with this specific faction and today we're going to talk to him about number one, how he's worked well with elves in the new meta, but number two, how these sorts of ideas and adaptions he's gone through have enabled him to perform well as a player more generally because we are talking to none other than Vic VJ, the best player in the country and number two in the world. So Vic, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for the introduction and it's great to be back here with you, Zach. Well, of course, we introduced you as the best player in the country, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that anymore, right? Because rankings have been set and all that sort of stuff. But um, anyone that listened to the announcement of the King of Ninth last uh, week will know that there is a new competition for you to be the, to be the best at. And um, we've obviously got a couple more uh, tournaments coming up in which people can sort of build their Ninth Edition ranking overall. So if anyone's interested in that, there's an episode last week all about it. But uh, today we're going to be talking about the Manchester Super Major. So Vic, as I mentioned, you went 5-0. Mm-hmm. and Why don't you tell us a little bit about like your overall story of the event? So if you were to describe the, uh, your overall experience in about yes. three or four sentences, like how would you describe your sure, experience well, with elves? The event itself, amazing. Great, amazing. But this, there's a little bit of a story to it because um, Eldar going into this meta, going into this tournament, in my head, I had it down like Dark Angels, really tough game. Can't really chew through all the Terminators. The land speeders are brutal into me. And guard, mortars are very effective into Eldar. So this is already a bad meta. On top of that, I potentially missed that there was this unit called Desolation Marines, <laughs> which mm. I just got released uh, before the cutoff for Manchester and was being widely used by most of the best players at the event. Um, a lot of the best players kept it a little bit quiet. They didn't really talk about the extent of testing or their thoughts on it. So uh, I think it caught everyone by surprise when the lists were released. Even, for example, I got a message from Manny saying, Vic, he didn't tell me what his list was, but he said, Vic, I've got an idea and I don't think anyone is going to have a list like mine at this tournament. And obviously, when lists were released, uh, I'd say if there were 15 top players, 13 of them had uh, multiple Desolation Marines, including Manny at this tournament. So everybody had the same idea. Uh, So going into this tournament, looking at that particular meta, I felt that it was very hostile towards um, armies like Eldar. Any other fragile army would suffer in this kind of meta. So it's a little bit tricky. Fortunately, the profile between mortars and desolation marines is not too different. So if you kind of tech for one type of indirect fire, you're at least partially teching for desolation marines as well. So going in, I had a bit of tech, but I was not optimized for this tournament. That was my uh, my kind of story going into it. But I did manage to pull the 5-0 and I did play against desolation marines and managed to come through the other side. 
Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because last week we touched on both of those topics. One, the absence of guard, and two, obviously the prevalence of Desolation Marines. And as you mentioned, similar-ish units do a similar-ish job, um, albeit they do that job within very different list archetypes. So you mentioned there that you were teching a little bit for the Mortars, which weren't there, but uh, I assume you were also teching for 20 Terminators or maybe even more. So tell us a little bit about how uh, Eldar play, generally speaking, into these top Space Marine armies at the moment and what sort of tips and tricks you can give any elf player out there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer it specifically with the kind of tech that I built in for those two particular problems. For the Terminator problem, I'll deal with that first. So Deathwing Terminators are prevalent in the meta and they're under-costed and extremely durable for, for what they kind of how the whole army works. So they give a lot of primary board control to Dark Angels armies, which is something that Eldar struggle a lot to deal with. If they can't chew through the opponent's board control, they start to fall behind on primary very, very quickly. Now, the way that I dealt with it was by including enough output in my list to be able to kill or cripple a unit of 10 Terminators and enough control in the list that I could kind of slow down one unit of 10 Terminators as well. So I can manage 20 Terminators. And the way to do those two elements, the killing element, I've got a high number of mortal wounds in the list. I've got psychic output from a Farseer, no guide doom, just purely mortal wounds, including his relic and warlord trait and a Shadow Seer with purely mortal wounds as well. And then uh, I've got a bunch of D-cannons and uh, a bunch of other little bits of mortal wounds spread out across units, including Harlequins. Any kind of mortal wounds that you can push through onto Deathwing Terminators is very efficient, gets through a lot of their defensive profiles. Um, so yeah, I can kill kind of 8 out of 10 Terminators, let's say, if I put uh, appropriate uh, damage output into it. And controlling it, I have uh, Quicken and Restrain. So people usually use Quicken in their list, but the other half of Quicken is Restrain, which is halving the movement of an enemy unit. I can take Deathwing Terminators for five inches of movement down to 2.5. And then you can use a stratagem from Shroudrunners, which can reduce their movement by D3 inches. So you could essentially lock down one whole unit of Deathwing Terminators. My game against Alex, he didn't combat squad his Terminators, so I just had two kind of... Um, uh, units of 10 to deal with, killed one, controlled the other, and it bought me another turn to play in the game. And we spoke to Alex last week, so if anyone's interested in his list, they can check that episode out because we talked quite a bit about it, albeit um, through the context of what his plan was for the event. Now, you mentioned that you played against him, and mm -hmm. uh, give us a quick rundown about the other games you played throughout the course of the event. So which, which factions were you playing in your five games? Yeah, so I started off playing Orcs twice, which uh, which was quite promising, to be honest. I was like, oh, if I play this for five rounds, I have a really good shot here. Um, but then it quickly deteriorated, and I ended up playing against Chris Radford's Space Wolves with Desolation Marines. Um, and then I moved on to playing Dom as well. Dom is a brilliant player, and he was running this uh, Disciples of Bellacore demon list, like the, the really cutting-edge meta version of that list. Um, was very strong and then finally against alex petford's 20 deathwing terminators 10 desolation marines and a whole lot of land speeders and he also had the tech for the pre-game movie he had enough cp for that and i think he was the only dark angels player to have that which is a real nightmare for eldar to deal with well you mentioned that you played against dom so dom hasn't mm. been on the podcast but he is a familiar face on the uktc scene and he's playing you know lots of models in a demon army you know obviously there's going to be some psychers in there with bellacore seems like your mortal wound angle for deathwing wouldn't be as optimal against uh against dom but you've 
beating him too. So tell us a little bit about how, when you've skewed it to one meta, how you can then adapt maybe your play style or your in-game decisions to work well against somebody else. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of these games I'm going in technically with list disadvantage, but there'll be usually some element of your list that's a little bit better than the opponent's list. So let's say against demons, their um, output, from shooting, combat, deep strike, durability, efficiency for their points is all better than Eldar. But the only thing that Eldar have that's better is their mobility and also their long-range shooting output. So I leaned into those two, tried to control and dig out areas of board space, and that's what Eldar need to do. They need to try and... You'll always have one safe part of the board. You need to try and dig out that second safe part of the board where the enemy's threats can't reach you, be that by restrain, preventing people from deep strike charging you, using the Shroud Runner's wire weave grenades, um, and then try and hold that eight primary. Over time, you can just win little battles of attrition if they can't effectively attack you. And that's the way Eldar need to play. They need to play into the late game with enough resources and the opponent starting to dwindle and run out of resources. Mm. Well, we're expecting the balance data slate soon, so rather than speculate about what's going to happen in that, let's quickly mm. take a view towards the next three weeks, because we have the London Open coming up, that's our next event in mid-April, so unless the balance data slate comes out like this week, probably won't make the cutoff. So what would you do differently now as an elf player going into another event? Like the meta is expected to be the same, there's no changes, but you've obviously gone five and oh. We've spoken to Manny before about, you know, how to adapt and sometimes adapting can take you to a worse position. But what would be your approach now if you if you uh would be entering an event, say this weekend? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because Manchester is the shock event. It's the one where no one had teched for Desolation Marines. But now, obviously, we can see that they're a very effective unit. So we you can expect them to continue to exist in um, the next tournament, let's say London Open. And you can also expect people to tech for it. So you have to consider both sides of this coin. Um, so sure, you can tech into killing mortars, but are people really going to be running mortars directly on the board in this particular meta? Possibly not. From an Eldar perspective, and this ties into previously, I, I did promise I would talk about the indirect fire, but managing that as Eldar, we're currently in a meta where the majority of the indirect fire is low to medium strength and low to medium AP. So the Desolation Marines work off AP2. If you're in cover and the indirect fire bonus, you're essentially playing with your saves, uh, your actual save on your profile. And I think you have to consider that. So the only units that you keep on the board are units which the Desolation Marines are not extremely effective into. So, for example, I can't play Howling Banshees. I couldn't play them with Mortars. I definitely can't play them with Desolation Marines. I can't play Shining Spears. Shining Spears also die way too quickly for their points cost. But I can play things like Aratia, which is T8, uh, and that can character protect all my stuff, and that was really effective on the weekend. I can play Harlequins, especially Light, because the Desolation Marines can be hitting on as good as twos, uh, but making that automatically cap out at fours, and then you have a T5 profile on top of that, uh, can really reduce their output. And Alex really struggled to kill the Star Weavers. Entire shooting with 10 Desolation Marines just almost killed one Star Weaver. Uh, so you've got to pick the right units and not give any good targets. I think if you give one good target, in an army like Eldar, you will just lose too much too quickly and you won't be able to keep up or win the game. 
Oh, that's very much an interesting point that can be generalized across all factions. So some words of wisdom there from uh, from Vic. <laughs> but I heard an interesting quote yesterday, Vic, about uh, about your 40k prowess. So we'll uh, round off the conversation today where okay. uh, this gentleman said, uh, Vic's done well to go 5-0, and but I'm sure he could do that even if he played pure Corsairs. So Vic, assuming <laughs> you're playing pure, pure Corsairs, what would your list and strategy look like for this uh, Corsair meta that you're going to be creating? Um, you'd have to you'd have to play it quite narratively, I think, and try and sabotage the opponent before they get to the table. And I think at that point, the Corsair army is actually very, very strong if you can debilitate your opponent physically, uh, so that they're not able to roll dice. So that that probably be the approach I take. I okay. get consistent five zero with that one. So some handcuffs, you know, hiding their dice, <laughs> breaking their tape measure, all of this sort of stuff. All right, well, you heard it here first. So, uh, Vic, thanks very much for coming on. I'm sure uh, we'll hear more from you at some point in the year. And uh, are you going to be having a 40K Fireside episode coming up soon? We are. We're recording it. Uh, we're recording it uh, kind of after this. So, uh, you know, hopefully this episode and also the, the latest 40K Fireside episode will be coming out at a similar time. And uh, I'll be going into really kind of in-depth detail because I know loads of people want to hear about this Eldar list and how it works in this current meta. So I'll make sure to provide for that. Awesome. Well, people can head on over and listen to that uh, shortly. So if anyone's listening to this and they do want to either play with some Eldar, against some Eldar, or maybe even with some Desolation Marines, as I mentioned earlier, we have the London Open coming up. That is about around about 150 players at the moment, and that is April 15th, 16th. And then, of course, we have the massive Birmingham Teams Tournament in May, followed by our last two Super Majors of uh, this sort of UKTC season before the LGT, and they are going to be Bristol in June and, of course, leads in august so we're hoping that you know if 10th comes out right between uh bristol and and leads we'll have both the last super major of 9th and the first super major of 10th so make sure you get your tickets for those and vic i'm sure we'll see you at them sometime soon absolutely thanks for having me zach thank you for tuning in to what's happening in 40k We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.